This is Tectonic, episode number 52. This is a weekly talk show revolving around the seismic shifts in technology, culture, and the digital age. I am your host, Joe Darnell, and with me is the venerable Joshua Pfeiffer. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Uh, good to be back. It's been a while. It has been. It has been a good four weeks since I've had you on the show. Wow. I was just saying a month, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, well, isn't four weeks in a month? Uh, roughly. You know, speaking of which, when you're setting up your repeat uh, to-dos mm-hmm. and actions in OmniFocus, I find it very confusing that you can set it up for four weeks or for a month or for eight weeks or two months, etc. I don't understand the logic there. Well, it sounds like you need a productivity coach. Yeah, somebody. I need to take an online course. I'm sure I could find one of those. Well, it it makes sense because, you know, you might have a, you know, paycheck that you're going to get on the 15th of every month. And then you might want to get a barber appointment every four weeks because your hair grows on a linear basis, not on a basis based on a calendar. So it makes it all makes sense. I see what you're saying there. I haven't really, uh, my brain doesn't think that way. But I need to. Yeah, you need to schedule your haircuts. It's mm. the way to go. I do. I'd be far more productive if I scheduled my haircuts. Right now, I just look at the length and I say, I'm going to get a haircut. I used to do that. And it was always like, yeah, I can go another day. I can go another week. And then it was like, oh my gosh, it's too it's too long. What's, what's going on? So that's when I decided to start going when I thought I didn't need it. And it, it's worked out. Now, speaking of our busyness, crazy life, you've been busy while you haven't been producing the show. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy week. We uh, I think I might have mentioned on the show a time or two. Uh, we've been trying to sell our house, and we it's been under contract for a little over two months, and which is a long contract. And even after that two months, the bank still needed more time, and they pushed us back with no no communication on the date. So it's been a very trying time for us. It's been very frustrating. You know, the the, the folks that are buying have have deadlines. We have deadlines with other responsibilities and it, it just really is amazing how how these big banks can can uh can push you around it's uh wells fargo yeah i'm calling you out and uh yeah you're terrible we have had three such home buying experiences and they are the worst yeah <laughs> the worst moments with banks lenders buyers sellers the whole shebang i don't recommend buying houses very often <laughs> well yeah i've just been taking care of my stresses with uh my favorite drinks and buying more technology stuff. Oh yes, great combination. There ought to be a podcast all about those things. Sometimes it's sometimes at the same time. <laughs> it could be a podcast called uh, Wine and Gadgets. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm having a wine tonight. I usually go with the scotch, but this is what I had in my kitchen with supper tonight. We went Italian, so I went with some Merlot. I'm really enjoying it. There you go. So yeah, it's been a busy time, and uh, but we got some some new gadgets we're going to talk about today. Yes, one of those things I'll get to pertains indirectly to events unfolding in my life. Joshua, I have had an iPhone six plus. I've had an iPhone success, and before these, obviously, I had the five S, and that fell into the river one day while I was canoeing with friends. Uh, Some friends, they were, no, actually, it was pretty awesome. But the canoeing trip took a turn for the worse. We ran aground one point and the whole canoe tipped over. My very, very secure iPhone and water protection um, 
yeah, spring a leak, and it still soaked my 5S. And so the timing was just about right that I might as well upgrade to the 6 Plus, and I made that jump. You flash forward two years, I have the 6S, so I've experienced all the sizes, all the ranges. And someone on my family plan at T-Mobile said that they wanted to upgrade from their 5S to the 6S. Here I've had the 6S for a year. And what do you think I did? I took advantage of this opportunity to say, do you want to buy my 6S and get me a SE? (laughs) Because it was a win-win. I've been making payments on the 6S for a year. He wouldn't have to put a down payment on purchasing an SE, even with 64 gigabytes, because the price is just right that T-Mobile only requires you pay for the taxes. And so all he had to do to acquire my 6S, because, hey, I'm generous. I know he was getting a deal, was to pay for the taxes so that I could get the SE. And I gave him my 6S because I was more than happy to make a switch back to the four inch size. So that's what I've been doing. I mean, this, mm. this all happened right after my birthday, and I feel like it was a birthday gift to me, myself. I, I had a hand in, but it had nothing to do with my birthday. <laughs> well, my wife's birthday is tomorrow, and uh, I went with the SE for her as well. I got the rose gold, uh, mainly just to play with it myself, but uh, but it was also a birthday present, so it worked out for me. Yeah, I really miss this this size as well. We can get into details about what we love about it, uh, but yeah, it's it's great. I just I really do miss the 3D touch. I use that a lot, but I'll tell you what the I, I think the 6s is still just too big for me. It's I think it's like wearing on my thumbs, just holding it and reaching and things like that. So I mean, I don't want to downgrade to a, a slightly like handicapped phone, but I really don't. I don't know what I'm mm. going to do. I I might wait for the seven. That maybe the seven will be width might be less. That might help. I, I a don't know. A handicapped phone. I think that's a harsh way to put it. <laughs> well, it's got less RAM. It's got or the slower fingerprint sensor, which is noticeable. And, and there are some other hardware issues. And and I do like the classic design, but but the the edges still are a little bit harsh on the the hands. Although it feels better from the well, weight and and dimension perspective, but I do love the round edges. Mm. Um, I, I was really hoping they would do a, a four inch phone somewhat based on the iPod touch design. Oh, really? It's, it's got the round, round back. I mean, I would love, I would love that, but I was thinking about that as well, because it's not just the iPod touch. It's also the iPads, the iPad air and the iPad pro 9.7, I believe even the large one has sort of rounded back, but chamfered front edges. And mm-hmm. when they talked about the SE, that's what I was picturing would happen to the iPhone for the first time. And it would be great to usher in that side frame, aluminum frame for the iPhone at this time, preparing for the iPhone 7's arrival later, because the iPhone has never had that edge design, only the iPads and the iPods. So though that they didn't do it, I'm still very content with the SE. We'll get to that a little bit more in a minute, though. I wanted to talk about your other technology investment first. Yeah. So I've been looking at the Echo for a while. I've been, of course, uh, anyone that's listening to this tech, sh- tech show probably probably listens to others and reads reads others, and everyone's raving probably. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we are a homeschool family. We've got a bunch of kids running around in the, in the main living area. So I just really uh, envisioned 
you know, this thing sitting in the middle of our house being used by everyone for all sorts of different purposes. And so far, so good. Um, the kids are loving it. The, uh, she, I'm not, I was about to say Alexa. Um, I don't want her to yell at me though. Uh, the woman in the box, uh, hears their voice pretty well, uh, and even recognizes their commands pretty well. Um, so yeah, I've been really, really impressed so far. The, the setup was really smooth and really cool. I mean, you have to do the, you know, get a whole app thing and put on your phone and, and go through, but I'm trying to remember what <laughs> it was only three or four days ago and it was so smooth. I don't even remember <laughs> what it was. I mean, it was, it was very simple basically. Um, and you know, I, I, I would tell the thing echo the, tell the echo, uh, Hey, you know, I, I, I want to do this thing. I it was adding some sort of feature and it, and it, and as I told the device, it like brought it up on the app for me to authorize, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, huh. but yeah, overall it's been the, the, the voice recognition is, is very impressive and, um, yeah, so far I'm, I'm, I'm really loving it. I, I love it. I mean, it's very fast. I mean, you, there's no, you don't have to pause. Like when you have to do the, Hey Siri thing, uh, you know, you have to kind of usually, Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you have to give it a second to listen, or, you know, to, to pick up, uh, with this, apparently it is constantly recording a little bit of audio. And so w whenever you say the magic words, it's, it's ready to go. Cause it's already been recording, if that makes sense. So there's no, no delay, which is very smart. And of course it's an advantage that, that the echo has because it's plugged into the wall. So I just really, I really hope Apple steps up their game either with the new Mac OS or with Apple TV OS, um, something, mm. uh, so, to take advantage of the, of the, of not, not being constrained by power. And I understand, you know, mobile has power constraints, but, uh, they, I think they really need to step up and, um, and try to match the echo because it's very important for any of our listeners. And I imagine there's gotta be some of them, maybe the minority, but for those people who don't know what an echo exactly is, maybe they heard about it, but they've seen pictures of it on Amazon, but they really don't know what it does. Can you explain an Amazon echo? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, basically a, like a canister, a, a black canister. It looks like two kind of larger cans on top of each other. And it's just a, uh, basically a voice, recognition cloud computing device. Basically it will listen to your voice. It will do most of the processing in the cloud, which is continually getting better and smarter, adding more features and it will do what you want it to do. So I bought it mainly for, like I said, the kids and, and kitchen usage and, and things like that, but also for, you know, Hey, what's on the schedule, add this to my calendar, add this to my to do. Um, so I've got the the uh, to do's already synced up with my OmniFocus. So yeah, I mean, it just does a lot of different things. And every, every week it seems Amazon is adding more, uh, skills. They call it basically just APIs for different online services and apps. I was a little bit skeptical when it first came out, but they've really, really added lots of, lots of integrations and lots of features that it doesn't seem to be stopping. So it's pretty exciting. So what is the difference between your typical Bluetooth speaker and the Amazon Echo? From what I've seen, the Amazon Echo looks like a tall, a black, you know, tubular plastic device that has speakers all the way around. I hear good things like that you can give her commands from the other room, you know, that she hears you, which is something that I don't think any mm -hmm. 
Siri powered device can handle that kind of distance. But what is she yeah, doing not, besides just giving you Bluetooth audio? Well, I've not done a whole uh, test to see how far you know I can get away. And typically, there's there's other ambient noise in our uh, our house, so that adds a little bit of. Uh, complexity to it it does but, doesn't uh, it because you have the kids playing even if they're not talking they're playing and then there's yeah, the activity going on in the kitchen counter and it, it just yeah in, in all of these open floor plans we have modern floor plans you don't really have like sound barriers between the kitchen the dining room and the main living space and if you're not putting the amazon echo into your office where you get work done because it's like in the central hub of the house there's all th this cacophony of noise that it has to work around. Yeah, I, but honestly, it it does seem to persevere through the 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 noise because typically the noise is just that, it's just lots of children voices kind of all mumbling together, and I I can tune it out, and apparently um, the Echo is as smart as I am and and can tune it out, tune it out as well. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's it's pretty nifty, um, you know, and. I don't know if I can stream music to it from something else, but basically you just tell it to play whatever from either Amazon Prime Music, which I tend to use a lot because I'm I just don't have a whole lot of need for a mil, uh, you know billions of songs, uh, or Pandora, which is free. We may eventually go with with Spotify because now that we're actually using a lot of different devices, it seems like we're we're always like stealing the like you get one stream of Amazon Music, right? So like someone might be listening to it and then I'll start it up in a different room and cut them off. So we may have to, to bite the bullet and buy some sort of Spotify or something, but I'm not a huge audio guy, but the speaker does sound really good to me. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty mm. happy with it for the most part. The only thing it doesn't do like some more complex questions. I thought it would do a little bit better. Like my son was asking how much dentists make this morning and i was like i have no idea let's let's, let's ask uh, her and uh she didn't get it so uh, <laughs> what yeah. did she think you were asking uh i think she just ignored me like you know how siri will say i can't i don't know i think it just uh ignored me but let me let me test it out alexa what's the average salary of a dentist Sorry, oh, I don't know okay. the answer to your question. All right, this time it's uh, telling me it doesn't know. But it seemed like this morning it was just doing nothing. So I don't know. I, I've not really played with it a lot, but uh, we have definitely been listening to lots of music. and and You know, that's actually the like first that. time I've heard Alexa's voice, and I have to say that she has such a clarity. It's a bit yeah. eerie. It's kind of like, <laughs> what is that, um, artificial intelligence from the Portal game? Uh, <laughs> man, she sounds a little too good <laughs> ask alexa <laughs> is there cake <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I really have not used siri a whole lot recently i it just I, i've just been i i'm typically more frustrated with her than not and that could be i don't know the speed of the internet or something i don't know but uh i just i, I do i do hope that apple steps up a little bit in, in this area what do you know of that you would like Alexa to do for you that you haven't experimented with yet, or you already know she doesn't do at this time. Hmm. Well, um, I'm not sure if they, it does a whole, any sort of integrations with messaging and email, hmm. that sort of thing. That would be pretty cool. Send a message to so-and-so or check my email. Uh, I've already written to pocket, which is my read it later service 
asking them oh, for that'd integration. Be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What? What are my headlines? And then hey, go ahead and read that article. That'd be awesome. Um, it will read like uh, I guess like Huffington Post headlines and read articles and things like that. So that sort of stuff is coming or in process. I guess Twitter would be pretty terrible on it. I'm trying to think, oh wow, <laughs> think through. That'd it could get hairy very fast. Yeah. So, I don't so know. the reason I haven't invested in an Amazon Echo just yet is because I wish that there was an Apple solution to this. I would be more interested in upgrading to the Apple Echo than to the Apple TV, the latest version, because I like where there is lots of potential for Siri, and I use Siri on a regular basis. But I also want more mileage out of voice dictation and from, like you mentioned, smart devices that are willing and able to read to me. So this is one of the reasons I enjoy the app Instapaper. I know you use, what is it called, Pocket and their competitors. And I've used Pocket, they're great. And I like Instapaper just because it's what I started with, so I stay with it. And what I often do is when I want to break from podcasts or music, then I'll just listen to Instapaper, uh, reading some of my articles in the queue. And the way that I digest all of the audio media is usually with headphones, Bluetooth headphones around the house or in the home office or while doing uh, even manual labor when it happens. But I will have headphones on as to not distract other people around me. And one of the members of my family is actually very sensitive to noises in general. And it really bothers this person to just hear noises in the background. They need a very quiet environment. And I can completely appreciate that and understand that. Sometimes I need that just for my levels of concentration. But this person just uh, electronic beeps and boops and artificial voices and what have you are just going to grate on their nerves. So I try to keep the headphones on and that solves a lot of the problems in the household. The, the trick here is though, I want something like the Echo to behave like the Echo, but also be a full-on Bluetooth speaker so that in a heartbeat, I can flip a switch and it would just behave so that I could play podcasts from my favorite podcast player on my iPhone. But I haven't looked into it and no one has given me reason to believe that the Amazon Echo can do that at this time. So what I've uh, actually resorted to is my substitute for the Echo is a Amazon Basics Bluetooth speaker. And they come in three sizes. So you get the small one about the size of a coffee cup. And it's just a very basic speaker that you would expect to find on the nightstand. And it's enough to basically give you audio, but it's not especially great. But it could fill up a 10 by 10 sized bedroom. It's nice if you just want to conserve on shelf space and it's cheaper. I got the mid-sized one, which is great if you want to fill up the room, like say a kitchen or your office, and it's large enough that it adds a little bit more substance to the quality of the audio. It's roughly the size, or it's a little bit smaller than the Echo, but it lays on its side. So it's this uh, black brick colored thing, and it just has a bass coming out of the back, and then it has the other frequencies coming out of the face. It connects beautifully with my iPhones, and so I've never had a problem using this speaker, and it can get really impressively loud. So when I want to fill up the main living space with some music, and we've had company over, I can position it just right on the fireplace mantle, and it'll fill the middle of the house with whatever kind of music we want to play, whatever list we got. 
And herein lies one of the other uh, things that makes this difficult for me is that I I am an Apple Music user, and so I find it difficult to use devices that won't let me run Apple Music. And I'm not going to go buy a Beats Pill or a Sonos just to play music that's beautiful. I mean, hey, I've heard these devices, and especially the Sonos, is incredible. The output is just beautiful. It, it sounds amazing, like a Bose. And so I could get a Bose. But I, I want a device that's smart, like an Echo, with Siri. And I want it to behave as powerful as a high-end Bluetooth speaker, like a Sonos. But the Sonos is not great because at this time, it's very difficult to get it to play podcasts. So there's no one solution really that can do it all. Um, one thing I tried earlier tonight was to see if the Amazon Basics Bluetooth speaker would actually respond to voice commands. Because if I start voice dictation or a phone call, I can use it as a speakerphone. And so I can give it you know, whatever kind of feedback. And so sometimes, uh, let's say I am in my office and I get up and I'm working on my bookshelf and then I pull my phone out and I think to leave somebody a message, a text message. And it's a short and simple one. So I use Siri and I say, ahoy telephone, uh, send this message to so-and-so. And I give a dictated message. So when I do this, if the Bluetooth speaker is on, I actually have to be talking to the Bluetooth speaker, not to the phone, because this, that's where the microphone is. And the microphone is not powerful enough to hear me from across my rather medium-sized office. So it's really a disappointment when it comes to any sort of voice commands. It couldn't handle that. I can't say ahoy telephone to the Bluetooth speaker and get it to respond out of thin air. I have to first make, uh, initiate the command through the phone as a remote. So it's not the end of the world, but I am interested in the future here. The technology is getting really close. I, I'm really impressed by the Echo. I just haven't bought into the Amazon tool set. So I don't make a huge deal of Amazon Music and Amazon Prime video content. I don't integrate it with if this, then that features to try and gather notes through the Amazon ecosystem up to some cloud note-taking solution. I like the ecosystem I already have on iOS and my Mac. And Echo is not going to get my dictations to messages or to notes. And like you mentioned, uh, the emails. So I'm just not sure that the Echo is the kind of product that that is for me. But I would love to see her in action. I just uh, don't know anybody that's uh, got one that I can go visit just yet. I, I agree. It, it lacks the, of course, it lacks the Apple integration. And I was really hoping the Apple TV would be a, a, a hybrid of, of this type of thing. And I maybe I hope, I hope it is in the future. You know, on the flip side of that, Apple is never going to be as open as Amazon seems to be consciously pushing Alexa to be. So, or the Echo. So, I don't know. It, it's like maybe, maybe I, you know, maybe we just need both in 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 a house for you know, for uh, you know, one's a blender and the other one's a toaster, and they do different jobs and they integrate in different ways. But but I really I want a toaster blender, Joshua. <laughs> uh, blended toast. That I don't know if that's gonna work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess you could for for meatloaf if you want to do that. But anyways. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the fact that they're self-consciously 
open and growing in different directions, whereas Apple is kind of is, you know, I don't know. They, 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 that's not there in their DNA. They, they've been forced into it uh, and you get share sheets and things like that, but that's not their deal. They want everything, you know, they, they just want, you know, their, their own system uh, to control it all. And it's good, but at the same time that has, it has downsides. We've talked about that a lot. So mm. I don't know. I, I, w- I would love to see Apple step up, but I don't, I don't know if they would step up in ways that I would, I would need uh, like the echo is with with growing apis so i don't know interesting i i really hope that apple steps up their game with siri by the end of the year the thing is that they have all this potential like you mentioned on the apple tv but also on the phones like we cannot settle because as it is right now we're not satisfied with the dictation like accuracy or inaccuracy well it blows my mind because apple has so much experience they've got so much money and Amazon sells books and crap online, and somehow they came out of the park with this device, and they've, they've knocked it out of the park with its accuracy. How did they do that? And how is Apple still so far behind? I don't, I don't understand That's that. That's a great way to put it. Well, speaking of Apple, then let's return to the phone. Uh, you said yeah. that your wife has the iPhone SE. Now, what did she have before? So she, uh, I was way behind in my upgrade cycles until last fall. And so she got my old iPhone 5, which was a new phone for her. So she thought it was great. but And she still thought it was great, but, but I just couldn't continue to do that to her. <laughs> you know, she, <laughs> Blissful like, ignorance. I know, I know you're content, but no, trust me, you shouldn't be. Uh, so I went ahead and got the, uh, you know, she doesn't use a lot of space. So I got the 16 gig uh, rose gold SE. And um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's 16 bucks a month or something like that. So it's, you know next to free. And, uh, yeah, I, I've been playing with it a little bit, like setting it up for her. And, uh, yeah, I really do miss this form factor. It is, it is nice. And you, when was the last time that you had a five sized model? It was, no, it, it was just last fall. So, I mean, I've only been a six S user for what, five months. And for short spell, you tried out the six plus. Yeah, less than two weeks. It was way too big for me. Okay, but yeah, you do t- appreciate an iPad. So why was the 6 Plus too big? Well, I do a lot of one-handed stuff. I, I just, I've tried to, I just, I do. I'm either driving or whatever, which I probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, I just tend to use the phone with one hand. I've used done it for eight years now. So, um, and the, and I can do everything easily on the on the. I guess what they call it, the five form factor. Um, whereas the six is, you know, even with reachability, it's still a stretch. Um, and, and plus the width of it, 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 you know, I just can't quite hold it as easily. Uh, and, I, and I really do think it's really been affecting my thumbs. Because um, I'll, I'll even like self-consciously try to swap back and forth between hands Um just to, to reduce the stress on my thumb. And now both my thumbs are hurting. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hmm. Okay. So just a quick reminder, the 6S has a 4.7 inch display. The 6 plus has a 5.5 and the SE like the fives before it has a four inch display. And the technology is a little bit different in each of these. You got different amounts of pixels. You have a different color gamut on the newer six models. 
the SE does not have the same like vibrancy, the color and brightness as the six models. So that is a step back for me in terms of display technology. I'm not actually bothered at all by my new phone's like smaller screen size. I think that mobile device display size is kind of relative because it, uh, a few things factor in here. Most websites and apps default to a particular size of text. And so with a bigger phone, a lot of people just assumed that they would get bigger text because the screen is larger, but actually it's not. You're given the exact same size text as you would have on the four inch display. You're just able to see more of it. So if you thought that the text was too small to see on the four inch display, it's still going to be too small to see on the six plus, unless you go into settings and change the default size. In many ways, the screen size is relative, and if something just looks too small for you on the 4-inch display, just bring it closer to your face and you'll be able to see it better. But on the downside, you are not getting the color vibrancy, you're not getting the contrast ratios, you're not getting the same number of pixels. And so I can see the appreciation for just the overall quality of the larger displays. And so initially, I was attracted to the 6+. Plus. When friend of the show, Mike Hurley from Relay, and Upgrade and Connected first advocated for the 6 Plus, everybody thought he was crazy. But then a lot of people moved over to that camp because they gave it a try and they realized that it wasn't actually too large for their comfort. They really liked the extra display because it was just that much easier to appreciate anything that you do on the phone. As long as you were comfortable not using it with two, as long as you were comfortable using it with two hands, and that was a problem I can hear for, for you, Joshua, that you would rather use a phone at least a good deal of the time with one hand. And I get that. I'm sort of in between. I end up with the phone in both of my front pockets. I end up using it right-handed, left-handed, and with two hands. A good deal of the time, if I can, I will forego hands and just use voice dictation in Siri. If I am uh, if I'm on a wing and a prayer, I believe that she'll work <laughs> at that given moment. <laughs> so... I'm okay with form factors to an extent, but what I found was that the 6S and the 6 sizes, their overall body is just way too slippery. So with the camera nubbin on the back and the fact that these things were just overall had a feel that was just way too slick, my hands were never comfortable like vice gripping the thing so that I wouldn't drop it. And then while the one hand was overworking to try and make sure it had a good grip. The other hand ha had to do all the, the tapping to get through whatever I was doing. So even with a success, I couldn't be in the kitchen and stirring the spaghetti and using the iPhone at the same time if I wanted to do more than swipe with my left thumb. I just, you needed both hands on the device. So I ended up experiencing daily frustrations, though they were very small, <laughs> petty problems they're, they were the kinds of things I never faced with the five size because it's very convenient to use it with one hand and it's very convenient to use it with two and it may influence like your accuracy when typing on the on-screen keyboard that may uh, some of that accuracy may be diminished with this smaller screen size but I think I've got better at tap typing over the last few years. I mean now we have uh, two more years of experience since I last had the five size and in that time, apparently my, my thumb typing has improved because now back to the SE, overall, I'm just a better typist, even on a smaller keyboard. 
So we're still we're still in this learning period where our uh, what we do with such a device and how we use it on a regular basis varies from person to person. And I, I don't know where I'll be in another two or three years in terms of iPhone size. But right now, the one that is the easiest, the most convenient and comfortable to use is the four inch form factor of the SE. So when Apple announces that this thing has the same processor internals and video processor internals as the 6S, I was delighted because the only thing holding it back was the RAM and the front facing camera. Real quick, I'm going to check on the RAM thing here because, okay, it says here that in terms of RAM, that the 6S, the 6S Plus, and the SE have the same amount of RAM. They all have two gigabytes, Correct. which I didn't realize until now. And I think that the reason that there's a lot of confusion around this is that Apple doesn't officially report on this on their specifications from their website. Like I just did a, a word search on the page for all the specs of the iPhone 6S and I searched for RAM and memory and it doesn't come up. So you have to find the answers elsewhere. And yeah, it's, it's two gigabytes for all the devices right now. So if you had the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6 Plus, it's one gigabyte. And with the 6S, 6S Plus and SE, it's two gigabytes. So I'm, I'm actually not worried about the RAM. So let's consolidate some of my points here. Okay. I very much like the weight and form factor of the SE because of all the reasons I liked the weight and form factor of the 5. I just like the way it feels in my pocket. I like the way it feels in my hands. I noticed too, like you did Joshua, that the edges felt rough when I first got it out of the box, but then that could also be attributed to just like dry hands or whatever. And so I'm not going to think about it too hard because I mean, the only difference here is the chamfered edges are not, you know, sleek and mirror finished. They're matte finished, like the back of the body of the iPhone. And I don't believe that they're actually technically rough. It just, it feels different from what our memories remember of the five S's and the five, the five models, because we were so accustomed to what they previously were like. Um, I, I do like the colors options. And so since I've been using the space gray for such a long time with a variety of different devices, I was ready for going back to the silver and white models. And I got that. So I'm happy it matches all of my, my Mac accessories. Feels like an accessory. So you don't have any fives or five S's laying around? No, I don't. I've no. given them away or sold them. So I've got, I still have my five here and it feels like a baby's bottom in comparison to the SE. <laughs> SE feels like a knife. So I'm, it, it, there's no, I'm putting, I'm holding them both in my, in the same hand and there's a huge difference. And maybe it just, it needs to be worn in. You know, this one's like three, four years old. Maybe it would like rub off the, the edge or something, but yeah, it feels like, you know, how you can test to see how sharp a knife is by running it your finger sideways. It, it kind of feels like a knife. Yes. <laughs> Rather than yeah. the, the five, the five is, is very smooth in comparison. It's just a very dull knife. If you rub it long enough on somebody, <laughs> it'll cut them open. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if it'll change in time, but uh, yeah, definitely a difference. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, it'll be very interesting to see what the, what the iPhone seven does. I think it will hopefully reduce the width because I, I was looking at the difference in the width between the SE and the seven mm -hmm. or the 6s and it's huge i mean it's just a huge difference in width so i would love 
to see that width really come down. Cause I think that would really help the grip regardless if it's a, a flat edge or a rounded edge. If, it, if you can just get more of your finger to wrap <laughs> fingers to wrap around it, uh, I think that would be very helpful. I'm not concerned about the, the sizes anymore. It's sort of like once you just find something that works, it's not actually an upgrade to switch to the thing you don't have just because it's bigger. So I'm not worried about whatever is afforded by the larger display. But what I do care about is other things that are still bugging me. I, I do like the, okay, there's so much to like about this phone here. Real quick, the price is better, which is interesting. It also means that the accessories are more affordable than what you get for the 6S and 6S Plus sizes because those are the newer devices and they're larger, so even cases are going to cost you more. So if you happen to be the kind of person that wants to buy an assortment of cases, accessories, whatever it may be, on the whole, they're just cheaper for this phone, which is just a bonus. I also like the battery life. I really appreciate the camera and how the camera behaves. I like using the button on the top for the volume for the camera. And it's it's much easier to use that on the SE than it is on the 6 Plus. Um, now, things that I still don't like, going all the way back to our complaints with Siri, man, inaccuracy of dictation. I want to be able to just dictate a whole lot more with uh, notes, uh, emails, messages, but it's like every sentence has something wrong in it. And I'm doing my best to sometimes even overpronounce anything I can possibly say. And the mistakes are just plain goofy. Do you encounter this? <laughs> uh, when I use it, yeah, I'm always having issues. So I, I tend to just not use it that much anymore, unless it's very short commands. Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> So besides that, my only other complaint that I haven't mentioned is the forward-facing camera isn't too great. It's uh, really taking you back to the 6S or sorry, the 5S or whatever of the past. I don't know which one it actually has in here anymore. The point is, is that it's not as good as the 6S and I was really accustomed to it. And the reason I like the forward-facing camera so much is just to take quick pictures with the family. So sometimes we take family pictures together and I have a good reach so I can hold the phone out and take a good picture of the entire family huddled together with our success. And the quality was good that that could actually be a very good representation of a family photo or a, just a quick picture of me and my daughter together on a hangout or something like that. So I liked the front facing camera for that reason, being able to see ourselves, align the picture correctly and take the picture on a very decent front facing camera. And so I'm going to miss that naturally with this one. So the, the hack around that is to turn it around, use the rear facing camera and just take about 50 pictures and just keep moving your hand around. And then you'll eventually find that right one and then <laughs> crop it. Yeah. It's life, life hack. It's, that's free. You can have that for mm, free. Maybe. Okay. I, I've tried that sort of thing in the past to mixed results. <laughs> sometimes you can take 30 and it can be so annoying to sift through them. <laughs> I, I get you. I understand. It does work in a bind when, you know, when you want that quality because the front facing camera is so much better. And so the, the last things here I'm not too sure about as of yet is how I'm adjusting to the home screen layout and its options because you have fewer apps per each layer of the springboard it's going to be less on the home screen and less on the continuing springboards. Also, the only time I can think of 
when the screen size and its real estate actually matters to me is when I'm using the phone for GPS navigation in the car. So when it is docked up on the stereo of my car, I would like to have a bigger display just for GPS navigation. And I use it from week to week as my, my maps navigation. So I would like a better display for that reason. It is a compromise. I made deal. I made it work in the past with the five S and five. And I believe maybe even with my four S at one time using maps for navigation, there were some options back then. I don't think, I think maybe app maple maple. I think Apple maps was available on the four S if it wasn't, it came out for the five and it's still, it's inconvenient the way that a lot of the information is displayed on the GPS. It seems to never fail me that the exit number that I need to use is in the smallest of print on the GPS navigation. And so what good is it if it's the smallest text on the entire display? And so I ended up picking up the phone, looking at it closely while I'm driving down the interstate just to read the exit. You know, one of my biggest frustrations with Apple Maps is when you uh, get to your location. Like, for example, the other day I was uh, going to a friend's house that had just moved. I wasn't sure exactly which house it was, but I programmed his address into the into the into uh, my contacts. And, you know, I'm driving on the road and it says, OK, you, you've arrived and I'm looking around, I'm looking all through the Apple Maps app, and I could not find a way to find the address. So I had to go into the contacts and look at his contact to find what the actual address was. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. I've noticed it several times, and it's just like, why won't it tell me what the address is? It's crazy. I don't encounter it very often, but I do encounter it. Sometimes it helps to just ask people for their addresses. Just say, please text me your address. Just text me the address. Yeah, I mean, I've got it in my my contacts. It's not the I don't have it. It's the fact that the map will tell you you're here and won't tell you where here is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I was going to ask you about my last thought here. I think that I'm going to use the iPad more because I will be a bit more reliant on its larger display. And I'm very happy with my iPad Air. Later this year, I'll probably upgrade to the iPad Pro 9.7 inch because I find that I'm already using my iPad Air more when I just want to use iOS to its fullest potential away from the phone features. Are you finding that sort of th behavior change? I've got so many different things in the last couple months that, uh, and, and my use, use cases keep changing, so I, I really can't, can't say definitively what, what I'm using more or less and kind of using it all right now. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it for this episode. And we'll be back with you in two weeks. I'm building something very exciting behind the scenes. I can't wait to introduce everyone to, but it's going to take a couple of months. And in the meantime, we're going to be sticking to the fortnightly schedule. I have the coffee show I put out every week that I'm not putting out a new episode of Tectonic. So if you still want to hear me and whatever is going on, you can hear an episode of the coffee show called Top Brew. In the meantime, I'm just having one show instead of two a week. One of these days, I'll probably, before the end of the year, have a few more. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Thank you, Joshua, for joining me for episode 52. All right, man. Uh, this completes episode 52 of Tectonic. If you'd like to see more of anything we mentioned this episode, the show notes and links are at tectonic.fm slash 52. Follow the show on Twitter, where the show is at tectonicfm. If you want to keep tabs on new episodes and special announcements, you'll find them there. 
And if you want to give us feedback, send email to hello at tectonic.fm. You can always find me on Twitter. I'm also there I'm at JCS Darnell. And my co-host is Joshua Pfeiffer on Twitter. And uh, lastly, I want to say a huge thanks to those good people who have given us star ratings on the show on iTunes. And if you haven't already done so, we would love to read your reviews on the show. So I feel like that's just a great place to get feedback. So believe it or not, it makes a difference and it would make my day if you give us your feedback on iTunes. As always, I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Tectonic. I'm going to share a picture of my lock screen because I love it so much. Right now I've got BB-8 on the lock screen and he matches my iPhone.